You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans. Welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews, and we are back for another edition of Blue Jays Fan Friday here on Locked On Blue Jays. Yay! Confetti. Still no confetti. That's all right. But no, we we had a very busy week uh, in Blue Jays land. Very emotional week with the return of Jose Bautista. And there are many different topics that y'all are talking about, and we're going to dive into a bunch of them today. But I want to start with a question that I posed yesterday in response to what I said about the Blue Jays' all-star selection. I want to know what you guys thought about me saying Jan Hervis Solarte would be a more likely option to go to the game for the Blue Jays as opposed to Jay Happ because Jay Happ may not be a Blue Jay for much longer. So I put it up on the poll on the website, and you guys do not agree with me at all. Uh, 76% saying Jay Happ is going to be the all-star game selection from the Blue Jays. I, Admittedly, I can't argue with it, but I, I wanted to kind of bring that in as like a grain of salt devil's advocate sort of thing like can you really have a representative if your representative is traded that's why i nominated salarte instead salarte did come in second in the poll 14 percent, but it was very overwhelmingly j hap was was the choice but that brings me towards that that question and nick monaco at n monaco 1981 actually had has similar thought asking what what if this this team trades Hap and if they're going to do it why not do it soon before he gets injured and i it it does make sense to me to trade Hap early but i think because the it, it would be different if the blue jays had one suitor for j hap if if it was just the yankees being like hey we want hap Try and get that deal done, that's fine. But because the Blue Jays know they have multiple suitors for J-Hap, they can play these teams against one another and really drive up the value of of J-Hap. It, it is a gamble to do so without knowing that J-Hap is going to be perfectly healthy for the month of July. But it makes sense from both perspectives to either trade app immediately or or wait and get the the higher value it's it's just a matter of luck and nick actually laughed how snake bitten the jays have been with injury this year that's <laughs> if the blue jays didn't have bad luck they wouldn't have any luck at all so it it's it's like it's a game of chicken that you end up playing with these guys who are on those one-year deals, those last years of their deals, and trying to get as much value as you can. You you just hope you don't lose out on all of them, like with Marco Estrada and Josh Donaldson. What's that, Kitty? Kitty co-host Jasmine has decided to enter the studio and give her opinion. I believe she says, wait to trade J-Hap. Sounds very cranky when discussing 
actually trading off J-Hap right now. So, that's fine. We will, we will buy by the kitty and hold off until closer to the trade deadline. Now, again, I said this was a busy week. And we will get into Jose Bautista's return a little later and what, what the fan base, you fine folk, thought about that. But I did want to touch on one for the future, and that was Ryan Barucki. He had a second straight really good start for this team. And he's increasingly looking like a guy who the Blue Jays can pencil into the rotation for the next few years. And according to the responses, uh, you agree. And, And this is... You know, in spite of getting zero run support as a major league starter, Aaron Polsky at Polsky29 noted that one run of support in two very good starts is not going to get it done. And I entirely agree. That's It's not something Barucki can control, but it it's nice to see that even though he's not getting the support, he's, he's not taking it to heart he's still going out there and throwing really well which the Blue Jays might not have run support for a little bit so if Barucki's going to be going out there for an entire season without run support it's nice to see that he can deal I guess and not not worry about what the rest of his team is doing and Jason Gallant at Jason P. Gallant Agreed with the comparison of Barucki to Mark Burley. There's an obvious correlation between the two. They're quick pitchers. They're lefties. Barucki said he learned directly from Burley when he was in the Blue Jays organization. And Gallant agreed with with the assessment that, honestly, the best he can hope for now is a good ERA and that the Blue Jays stay the course defensively. The runs are going to disappear for everyone once they start selling their best trade bait. Now, I, I don't know if the runs will necessarily disappear because if you look at the Blue Jays trade bait from an offensive standpoint it's not there's not a lot of it outside of Curtis Granderson maybe Justin Smoke if you want to try and sell a controllable first baseman but Smoke's value is dipped with his batting average this season he's batting below 230 I'm not sure if a team really wants to take a run at, at Smoke and hope he can pull out of that so, other than Granderson, I don't really see a guy who can be moved from that Blue Jays lineup. It's it's one of the main problems, because I know, I know Kendris Morales, as hot as he's been the last month, I know the team would like to have that DH slot available. And you're, you're seeing John Gibbons use that DH slot more for Curtis Granderson and putting Morales out into the field to give Smoke those off days. So... Maybe it's opened up a little bit. Maybe this is more what the Blue Jays envision for Kendris Morales. But it's likely Granderson could be on the way out the door. And that'll open up that DH slot. And once that happens, I wouldn't be surprised if Danny Jansen gets promoted. Especially since the Futures game is going. Danny Jansen was named to the Futures game. Along with Bo Bichette. So a couple of exciting Blue Jays names there. That's that's the way I see the the offense kind of breaking down, I guess, at the trade deadline. There, there's not going to be a lot of movement. So we are going to move into a commercial break. So enjoy that. All right. So the big story this week, obviously, was the return of Jose Bautista to Toronto. And 
I I actually first want to say thank you to the new followers of the account. I I got a lot of attention for Jose Bautista tweets this week, and I I honestly was surprised. I I, I just put those out to be you know feel my my emotions watching those scenes, and a lot of you responded, and I am really grateful for that. It it's it's one of the reasons why I enjoy Blue Jays Twitter as as a whole because it is a very supportive group. It's a very it's a very inclusive group for the most part, and to see see all that support for that, I I just want to say thank you again for that, and and to all the new followers on here, again I appreciate you considering me worthy of seeing more of my my Blue Jays thoughts and other thoughts coming into your head. So again, I appreciate that. So. When we were talking about Jose Bautista, a lot of you, a lot of you shared the same beliefs that Jose Bautista is a part of Toronto, and and we'll start with friend of the show Krista King at KJAK16, who when I noted Jose Bautista came out for a final salute, and I said he was made for the city, Krista responded, "Well, he is the mayor, isn't he?" and I fully endorse Mayor Jose Bautista if he wants to run on a platform of bat flips for all and just essentially as essentially rule rule with the passion that might be sorely lacking in Ontario politics lately. There's not not a lot of compassion there, but that's that's a topic for my politics podcast which will never be coming out. I'm sorry. But speaking of the bat flip, Jeremy Pridham at least 2010 noted that it will go down in history in Jay's books. And I, I agree, that's probably his defining moment as a Blue Jay. Although we should not forget what he did when he wasn't in the playoffs, when he was having these 50 home run seasons for the Blue Jays in the shadow of darkness. And, and again, pulling that franchise out of what had been a vicious cycle of mediocrity. And I I agree. He will he will be in the level of excellence as soon as he retires. I'm convinced of that. And he deserves it. He deserves it for what he did to this for this franchise. Uh Casey at Casila73. I hope I said that right. It, might be just Casey Law. I apologize. But she said, hopefully, Jose Bautista retires as a Blue Jay, even if he just has to sign for one day. And that's very possible. The Phillies actually did that this week with Shane Victorino. They brought him in so he could re- officially retire as a Philly. And I, I'm not sure if Jose Bautista would do the same thing, but I think he's appreciative enough, enough of the franchise and the city that he would kind of like the ceremony I guess. I mean don't don't get it twisted. This week was a great performance uh, of of love and compassion for for one athlete and and both sides were visibly moved by Jose Bautista's return. It's a return people didn't think they were going to get. A lot of people didn't think they were going to get this chance to show that appreciation to to give thanks 
for what Jose Bautista did for this team. And I I would totally be on board with the one-day contract and the one-day retirement thing because Jose Bautista will forever be a Blue Jay. He, he's played for so many other teams, but he's, he's not an Oriole. He's not a Pirate. He's definitely not a Brave. And he won't be a Met. He will be a Blue Jay. He will be a Blue Jays legend. And I would love to, for him to get more appreciation for what he has done. When you can inspire the feelings in a fan base like he did with Olivia at Walk With A Walk, which is an awesome Twitter name. Very well done. Who was there for Jose Bautista's return. And she said she cheered as loud as possible because she was so proud of him. Of Jose Bautista. Because she felt that that connection to him and and seeing that pride in someone who built themselves up like that to become that superstar in major league baseball. He, again, he was a journeyman before he came to town and he left a hero. He left a six-time all-star. He left a home run champion. He built himself up in that city. And and I know the city of Toronto appreciates a good, you know, pull yourself up underdog kind of story. And identified with him so much. So that's, again, that's why I think he's going to be forever remembered as, as one of the one of the most important Blue Jays. Maybe not the best Blue Jay. I've I've heard all the talking heads say Roberto Alomar more complete and never, I I don't care. I don't care. Jose Bautista is my guy, and he will be my guy forever. I will I will maintain that jersey in my wardrobe i and i want to end this isn't really a fan thing but it is indicative of the way things will look going forward for this blue jays team they did make a couple minor league signings yesterday one of them a blast from the past in zach stewart who older blue jays fans will remember he actually came over to the blue jays in the edwin Encarnacion deal he, he came over with edwin and josh ronke in the deal for scott Rowland. And he was joined by Brandon Compton, who had a, a bit of time with Pittsburgh back in 2013-14. But the thing is, both those pitchers were starters this season in the Atlantic League. Uh, Stewart was pitching for New Britain. Compton was pitching for Southern Maryland. And they're both minor league signings. They both reported to AAA Buffalo. And I wondered if... That meant that the Blue Jays were going to be looking at promoting those AAA arms. Again, Hap is on the trading block. Estrada is on the trading block, even if his glute is hurting. Jaime Garcia is on the DL. He might be banished to the DL for the rest of the year on, on Tulowitzki Island. Who knows? Sanchez has been having issues. So in a lost season, the Blue Jays are going to need starters arms. And with those two reporting to AAA, I wondered if that meant they were going to look at getting some of the younger arms up. And I specifically mentioned Chris Rowley because Chris Rowley has pitched very well at Buffalo this season. He's got an ERA around three and he would be a guy who I would think the Blue Jays would want to get a look at again after a, a disappointing cup of copy last year. He had a 675 ERA last year in the majors, which isn't going to play very well, but the way he's pitched this year Again, I said he's got a 
He's got a 348 ERA in 15 starts at Buffalo this year. His control has been very good. Only 40 walks in 88 innings. Not not a strikeout pitcher, but he's never been a strikeout pitcher. So I'm not too worried about that. So if guys like Chris Rowley up, obviously guys like Zach Stewart and Brandon Compton would need to come in to replace them. And I did ask Keegan Matheson about this on Twitter. And you could see Chris Rowley coming up since he's pitched all right. He did He did say he would stop there, though. He wouldn't be sending Sean Reed Foley up to the majors because Sean Reed Foley needs more time. And I agree with that. It would probably be another arm coming up. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Taylor Guerrieri was selected. He's still on the, on the 40-man roster. He hasn't been exclusively used as a starter for for Buffalo, but he, he's another guy who has a bit of length if if they decide to go like a bullpen scenario. I could I could see him contributing in that regard. So it's something to keep an eye out for this team. I like I I think it's going to be Rowley. I think he's old enough. I I don't see a guy they they could potentially go Jordan Romano, but Jordan Romano's only had the one start at AAA. I don't think he would be one who would be considered for that kind of a raise yet. So I I would look for Rowley, I would look for Guerrieri. Or Guerrieri, sorry. Adding the extra syllable when I don't need to. But yeah, those are those are the two guys I would look to come up for Toronto this season if they do need starters. So that's where we're gonna end this episode. Thank you all for your contributions. Thank you, Nick and Krista and Jason and Casey and Jeremy. And Olivia. And Aaron. And thank you all for contributing to this discussion because this again these friday episodes are where i get to give you listeners a chance to sound off and and have that platform and have that voice and i'm more than happy to do it every week because it's part of why i love following this team is the interactions with all of you on twitter and if you want to continue doing though if you're if you're new to the podcast want to get in on this you can follow me at neoac18 that's neoac18 I know a lot of you have done that this week, but I'm I'm always welcoming for more voices. You can follow this podcast at Locked On Jays, and I encourage you to check out yesterday's episodes. Did a great one with Kelly Wallace from Expanded Roster. If you haven't listened to that, check it out. She's great. She's funny. I'm really excited for what she's going to do with her new site. I encourage you all to check that out. Check out JaysFromTheCouch.com as well. Uh, Catherine Stem put up an article with Jerry Howarth that y'all should look at if you're wondering what Jerry's been up to. She does a great job catching up with him. There will be more in the future, so Jerry says, so look forward to that. And as always, just keep being awesome. So that's that's how I'm going to end this Friday edition of Locked on Blue Jays. So for everyone here, I'm Ryan Andrews. Thank you so much for listening, and y'all take care. <laughs>